Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We've got Will and uh, Ty producing the show. We just heard Ty on with, uh, with Joe Wiz. Gentlemen, gentlemen, good morning. How you doing? I am got- doing great, Anita. <laughs> I'm actually, and I know you're going to get into college basketball. Yep. I'm actually disappointed, though. Mm-mm. Why? Because what we needed to have happen was for Duke, Duke and, um, I'm sorry, St. Peter's and UNC to be on the opposite side of the bracket of Duke so that could set up for a national championship game. But we're going to get it in the Final Four instead. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And it's not as sexy. It's not as sexy. Okay, be okay. Fun, but not as okay, sexy. Okay, I could, I could see that. I can see that. Um... Uh, you know, and and it's and, and I I do want to dive into all this. And also, I was having a conversation. A lot of people know Paul Dettino. Uh He's part of the Giants broadcast team. Uh, he's one of my dearest friends. And uh, and uh, him and I were having a conversation last night because he does call uh, college basketball games. And we got into a discussion because I was ta- just talking about like, listen, yeah, you know, there's so many great storylines here, right? And and again, for folks that are just tuning in, I don't know, maybe you went to sleep early last night, you missed the game, but Duke beat Arkansas 78 to 69. So what does that mean? It means Coach K, uh, this will be his 13th final four that he will be playing in, coaching 47 seasons. Unbelievable. Um, you know, five titles. Uh, Duke shot 40% from downtown. You know, one of the biggest knocks on Duke coming into this tournament is lack of defense. And and one of the, uh, you know, uh, the biggest topics uh, and the biggest reason why we're seeing a lot of teams win in advance is because of d- a defense. So Duke is an outlier, by the way, and in and, and the whole mix of things in regard to what we're seeing and how we're seeing this, this March Madness tournament really um, you know, develop and unfold, which is really, really, really interesting. But of course, we know all about you know, Coach K, three decades, and he was able to win championships in a variety of eras, right? And like, so go back, if you were watching the tournament back in the nineties, there was a, there, it was, it was all about the bigs. It was a lot of physicality, right? Like the Christian Leitners of the world and dudes like that. And then when we got into the, to, to 2000, it was all about the guard play. Right. And that kind of translated and that kind of translated into the NBA, right? Like the Tim Duncans of the world weren't as important to win an NBA championship as were guards at the, at the start of the 2000 uh, millennium. Right. And then, and then in 2010, it was all about sharpshooters. I, I just, to me, and, and tell me, guys, if you think I'm wrong, like I'm a huge Madonna fan. Uh, I feel like, and, and the reason why I love Madonna so much is that she reinvents herself. She recreates herself like every few years. And I think that's why she's remained so, uh, so epic and so, so relevant for so many years. 
Um, and, and I feel like that's what Coach K has been able to do. You know, you never, you never look at Coach K, you never look at that program and say, oh, you know what, uh, it, his message isn't getting through. Guys aren't playing hard enough. He's not recruiting good enough. You know, and, and you know, we could sit here and we could say and have the debate whether or not, you know, he's, he's the greatest college uh, basketball coach of all time, whatever the case. Uh, what he's been able to do to me has been remarkable. And, and, and the seasons and, and, the, and the success that he has had um, at Duke has just been uh, really, really tremendous. Yeah, and if you just go back the last three weeks, remember that game, uh, his final home game at Cameron Indoor against the Tar Heels, where they were pretty, they were heavy favorites, they got embarrassed. And then he's got to sit up there and sit through a, a ceremony, and he, he begins it off by saying, listen, what happened today was unacceptable because you had all these alumni there, you know, watching his final game, and, and UNC wiped the floor with them. And this was before we UNC became the team that it is now. And they went away from the Final Four. But if you remember, they were not all that good during the regular season. So to see, you know, quote-unquote, how far the Blue Devils have come since that loss. They lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament game, uh, in the ACC championship game. But they've been impressive. And <laughs> right now, they're the, the odds-on favorites to win it all. <laughs> Even ahead of Kansas, who's still the number one, the only remaining number one seed in it. Um, plus 175. Futures bet, plus 175 on, uh, on Duke to win Look it at all. you. Look at you, Ty. Just did a gambling Butler. show. Look I'm ready, you. Athena. Look at you. Oh, I'm my ready. gosh. I've never been more proud. I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. That was Isn't a warm-up. It? That was a warm-up thing. <laughs> How about this, Anita? How about this? Uh, St. Peter's plus 4,000. Mm-hmm. Little title odds. I don't know. I had to mm-hmm. throw somebody on that, too. Talk to me, boo. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. That's huh? right, baby. That's right. Listen, uh, full disclosure, I-, I lost last night. I had Arkansas. Um, I had. I liked Arkansas a lot. Uh, what was that line again? Uh, if I'm trying to not to remember. I, ha- I had Arkansas four plus four. I yeah. had. Uh, I got Arkansas plus four. Also, I was on Houston minus two and a half. So, I, you know, full disclosure, I was on the wrong side last night. That's for sure. As we know, Villanova, they took care of Houston 50 to 44. Um, it was an absolute street fight, a lot of physicality in that matchup. Uh, but Villanova, of course, uh, they advanced to their third Final Four in the last six years. Uh, Samuel, 16 points, 10 rebounds. And um, neither of these teams shot well, let's be honest. Um, Villanova shot 28%. Houston shot 29%. But here was the difference. Um, the Cougars missed their last five shots. And they missed 10 of their last 11 shots. And obviously, as we know, in order to win and advance, uh, you, <laughs> you need to make baskets. That's how you get points. So, and here's something really interesting as well. Houston never trailed against Arizona. Well, Houston never led against Villanova. And coming in, Arizona was that, right? That young, exciting, explosive, offensive team. A tale of two stories. Um that's for sure for, for Houston. So what does this mean? Now, unfortunately, Villanova, they lost Justin Moore, an injury, a lower leg injury. He's going to have an MRI. He's on crutches. He's their second uh, on the team in regard to points and assists, third on the team in rebounds. He averages 15 points a game, five rebounds a game as well. So I think that's going to be somewhat of a hit. But also, Villanova, you can argue, best coach uh, in the tournament uh, with, with Jay Wright, they're 20 and 3 since 2016. That's the best record in all of all of college basketball. 
uh, at, at in this tournament since 2016. Jay Wright and Villanova, the Wildcats, are 20 and three. They're also nine and zero in March uh, for this month. So. I do like Villanova a lot. Villanova uh, advances, even though, yes, uh, I, I did have Houston, uh, but Villanova now advances to the Final Four, so they're waiting for the winner of Kansas and UM. Go Canes. That will be played later on this afternoon around 2.20. And then, of course, Duke takes care of Arkansas, like we said, uh, and so now they're waiting for the winner of UNC and St. Peter's. But uh, this, is, this is where I want to go with this conversation, and, and, and our phone lines are open, and I'm really curious, and I want to have this, and I'd love Will and Ty, I'd love for you to chime in on this, and this is why I'm going back to my conversation with my good friend uh, P- uh, Paul Dettino yesterday, last night, because Paul calls college games, right? And he was telling me, because we were talking about the tournament, like, okay, what, what's, what's the big storyline, right? Like, obviously, the big storyline, we want, you know, Coach K, his final dance, what if he wins it? And Ty, you know, as you, as you pointed out, listen, not only did they lose to UNC, but they also lost to Virginia Tech. They lost the ACC championship to Virginia Tech. So, you know, two, two losses late in the season, you know, was that, did that, like, was that the wake-up call for this Duke team to say, all right, listen, you know, we, we can't just skate by. You know, we're not just a bunch of five-star recruits uh, that, that just easily are going to be able to get it done. Like, we actually have to play some basketball and listen to what Coach K has to say in regard to how he's, he's coaching. So that's obviously a big storyline. But to me, uh, so so few 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 parts here in regards to the question, the conversation I want to have today, and that is, um, what what is the bigger story? Is the bigger story Coach K and 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 his final dance, and and maybe you know you hate Duke. I know hate's a strong word, but let's be honest. I just shared with you just a second ago their dominance, right? Thirteenth Final Four, five titles. Could this be number six for Coach K? It it, it very well could be. So, you know, that type of success, we as sports fans, you didn't go to Duke, Ugh, you hate them, you root against them, right? So, are you, are, so now because this is Coach K's final day, are you rooting, are you rooting for him now because this is the end of, of his era? Even though maybe you didn't go to Duke, maybe your, your children, your child didn't go to Duke. But there's something special about this season. There's something special about this Duke team and it's just, it's pulling out on your heartstrings. Or is the bigger storyline... St. Peter's, and maybe this is a, a stupid question, considering St. Peter's is in Jersey City. By the way, guys, I was hosting last night with Brian and Jacob, and full disclosure, and, and like I will admit it, you know me, I'm very honest. I had no idea St. Peter's was in Jersey City, and I didn't know, I didn't know St. Peter's was in Jersey City until after they beat Murray State. I didn't even know after they beat Kentucky where St. Peter's was located. Shame on us. Shame on me. And shame on us, because I know there's other people out there who didn't know either. You know why? Because I, I associate with some really savvy, sports, intelligent people. And I'd say 50% of the people I spoke to had no idea St. Peter's was in Jersey City. So shame on us. Jesuit school, about 3,000 students, small little, you know, uh, I was reading an article last night as well, like in, in regard to um, what they spend in athletics is a third of what Kentucky or Purdue spends on their athletic program. Think, just think about marinating that for a minute in regard to their gym, the size of their gym, the way they travel, their, their, uh, their living quarters, uh, their meal plan, um, tutoring, you name it, across the board, like night and day. Um, you're, you're talking about Beverly Hills and Compton. 
Okay. I, I mean, really, like, like that's, that's the, the spectrum and, and what this St. Peter's team has been able to do against programs that have so much more than them is unbelievable. And again, shame on it. Like, like one of my bucket list things is next NBA season. I don't, or next college basketball season. I don't know about you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to go to say, I'm going to take in a game. I'm going to take in a home game. I'm going to go watch St. Peter's play. God bless them. They deserve that. And they deserve for the like a hundred percent of us to know. And now we know, right? That they're located in Jersey city, which by the way is, is about like a driver from my apartment. I could walk to their, to their gymnasium. So shame on me. I'm so like, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline embarrassed to admit that on this program, but again, full transparency with me here. So is that the better storyline? So that's question number one. Is it St. Peter's making this unbelievable run? And listen, don't think for a second they can't upset UNC. Nobody thought it when they gave them the 15 seed against Kentucky. I certainly didn't think it about Murray State. If you, if you recall, I loved Murray State coming into this tournament. I had them advancing, uh, taking on, was it Texas? Did I have or Virginia Tech coming out of that? That, that, that area of the East? So, you know... I just don't like th- there's a realistic possibility here that say the way that they're playing defense, the way that they are just playing such solid basketball, like there's no phenomenal athlete. There's not one athlete that stands out over the other. You know, they don't have a real big, big Purdue did. How'd that help them? Oh, they're gone. They're packing. They're fishing. Right. So, you know, I, I just, so A, 800-919-3776, I want to have the conversation. And, and Ty and Will, I'd love, I'd love for you guys to chime in on this when we get back. What's the bigger storyline for you? And B, the conversation I had with Paul Dettino last night, and, and, he, and he informed me of this, is, and this is really interesting, okay? And that is, the um, NCAA has a deal with CBS and Turner for their broadcast. It's $8.8 billion dollars. Just marinating that for a minute. $8.8 billion. And it goes into the year 2032. So we have another 10 years with this. But here's the thing. The blue blood universities, the blue blood programs, don't want the mid-majors taking their money anymore. They feel that the reason that these, the, the network, uh, you know, um, what, what they're getting from these networks, right? The $8.8 billion is because of the Dukes, is because of the UNCs, is because of the Arizonas and the Gonzagas, right? So, and, and I, wait, well, Gonzaga really doesn't, is because of the Kansas, not the UNs, not the St. Peter's, not the Iowa States. So, you know, so they're looking to branch off and create their own league, and, and I'm saying to myself, well, part, part of March Madness and what mar- makes March Madness so wonderful and so beautiful are the mid-majors who make a run. We love, we as sports fans, we love the Cinderella story. We love the David and Goliath matchup where the giant dies. This is what we love. This is why we watch. This is why we tune in. Please. Like, you know, I just, I don't want to sit here for the next 10 years and, and worry that, you know, in, in, in a decade, this experience is going to go away. So what are your thoughts on that? 800-919-3776. Uh, I, I just, I, I, my, my mind blew having this conversation with Paul last night. I'm like, what are you talking about? Part of, uh, one of the best parts of, of the tournament 
Is is the 15th seed making it to the Elite Eight for the first time in the history of the tournament? 800-919-3776. Nina Barks with you on this Sunday morning, with you until noon. We've got a jam-packed show. We're doing a lot today, as always, on Sunday. Talking a lot of college basketball. We're going to hear from Rohit Panea. Uh, from Covers.com. He's going to break down the two games later on this afternoon. UM and Kansas tips off around 2, 2.20, 2.30, and then St. Peter's and UNC later on. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Moke Hamilton will join us. We'll talk some NBA. The Nets take care of the Heat. What does that mean? The Heat now falls to the two, the, the two in the East standings. The 76ers now at the number one. And I took a look at everybody's schedule from the Heat, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Bucks, and some interesting news to report there. Max Goodman from SI is going to join us. We'll talk some Yankees. What's going to happen with Judge and, uh, and, and the Yankees in regard to the contract negotiations. As we heard coming into the show, he doesn't want to negotiate while the season is in full force. And also, Vic, very good friend of mine, Casey Howe, is going to join us. If you recall, I had her on with us last year. Tonight is the Academy Awards. Tonight is the Oscars. And guess what? You can wager on them. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. Uh, let's get to your calls, but before we do, gentlemen, chime in. Number one, bigger story, Duke or St. Peter's in this tournament? I think it has to be St. Peter's. And I I like the whole story for Coach K where he's chance to go out a champion, but this is something that will probably never be done again. Uh, Joe Wiz was just here doing his show with Ty, and he said, you're probably not going to see this again in your lifetime. And, you know, he's right. This was never done before in, you know, the history of the March Madness tournament. So I would say St. Peter's is the bigger story. And if they win today, well, oh, boy, <laughs> that's all I could say. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I talked about it yesterday. I just I, if I don't believe St. Peter's was a, fifth, a 15th seed. Uh, you know, I, I think I think the committee got it wrong in regard to uh, where they seated them. Uh, and, uh, and and that's that's evident. Um, but nonetheless, Ty, uh, Duke or, or St. Peter's, you agree with well? So I think the bigger story has to be St. Peter's only because it's something mm-hmm. that is historic. Um, no 15 seed has ever advanced to the Elite Eight. Uh, a team ranked 13 never happened. A team ranked 14 never happened. It's only happened twice for 12 seeds, and that was Missouri in 2002 and Oregon State last year. Uh, if or if if St. Peter's goes on to do the quote unquote unthinkable, that might not even be unthinkable anymore because they keep on winning uh, and beats UNC today. It's going to be the lowest seed to ever reach the national semis. And the first team from the New York City area to do so since Seton Hall back in 1989. So this is literally like legendary stuff. And while like Coach K, him going out and winning a national title and getting to six to end his 42-year run at Duke. Which, by the way, I need a quick note. I I came across this the other day. Coach K has been coaching at Duke for 54% of his life. Isn't that amazing? It is. Imagine... I mean, imagine being at a at a, a place of employment that long. Fifty four percent is life. But anyway, if he goes out and and does that, that's special. It's awesome. It's great. Like you run out of the superlatives. Like it's a, one of the great stories in, in college basketball history. But with St. Peter's, since it's like we've never seen this, it has to that has to right now be the biggest story. But it's great, and I wish we had it in the title game. But there's it, it a chance we could get it in the final four. 
Um, let's let's head out to our, our I'm, for, for first things first. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys, and and I want to get your your take in regard to what potentially could happen in the next decade uh, with the uh, the blue blood colleges programs not wanting the mid majors to be a part of their tournament. <sighs> Crazy. Uh, let's go to William in uh, in Orange. William, welcome in. Good morning. How you doing? Hey, good morning, Anita. So you didn't know where St. Peter's was. Had no idea. Really? Had no idea, William. And, and 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 wait, didn't even know until they beat Murray State. Didn't even wow. know after. Wow. So even, so here's didn't even know deal. after Kentucky. Didn't even so know I'm after a, Kentucky. I'm an average. I'm a, I'm a Seton Hall guy, really. And that's where Shanine came from. And that's where and he's going. And that's where he's years. going. He's so go, he's going there, William. Two hundred sixty-six thousand dollars salary. He 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 garners two hundred sixty-six thousand salary at St. Peter's. Okay, there's conversation between St. Peter's and Seton Hall or whatever out in the open that Shaheen's going to get the St. Peter's, I mean, uh, Seton Hall job, and Grant Billmeyer, that's an assistant over at St. P- at Seton Hall, he's going to get the uh, St. Peter's job. So do you think after today, Anita, if uh, Shaheen, um, what his famous words said on CBS, after they beat um, Purdue, what are they going to say now? Uh, do you think they have a chance of beating uh, UNC because um, St. Peter's throws a street game on you, like a like in the park? So let's let's give St. Peter's a shout out today, and also we need a, the Blue Bloods uh, of college basketball boys. St. Peter's right now, also um, just a shout out to Seton Hall women during the WNIT um, uh, Elite Eight. Tomorrow, and the WNIT's championship game against Columbia. So let's not let's not take away from the local blue bloods of college basketball. And where do you think St. Peter's is going to go forward? And do you think Shaheen is going to come back to uh, coach at Seton Hall? Yeah, or St. Um, Peter's going to give him more money. <laughs> it's only so much money they, they they could give him. William, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, without further ado, uh, Max Goodman joins us from SI. Max, good morning. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Uh, excited to talk some Yankees, Major League Baseball. How you doing? I'm good, Anita. Thanks for having me. All right, so so first things first, uh, let's dive into, obviously, the big news this week heading into the weekend is what's going on with, uh, with, with obviously, Aaron Judge and, uh, and his long-term contract. From what I understand, he's making $10 million now. He wants to make $21 million. The Yankees are somewhere around 17 So kind of break it down for us. Where does everything stand between him and Cashman? Sure. So the Yankees had 12 players eligible for arbitration, and when the deadline passed, 11 of them settled. Judge was the only one that didn't. So now moving forward, it's a matter of will Judge settle on a one-year deal with the team? Will he agree to a long-term extension with the club, which is something that I think both parties are interested in? Judge has said he wants to be a Yankee for life and finish his career in pinstripes. Or if those two options don't pan out, they're going to have to go to a hearing at some point during the season and figure things out in arbitration. Uh, Judge has made it clear this spring that he does not want to negotiate on a long-term deal once we get to opening day, which is now, what, less than two weeks away at this point, April 7th in the Bronx. So the the clock is ticking. You know, with the shortened spring training, there wasn't as much time for these guys to, to negotiate and check in. I think 
that they're going to talk about this stuff soon. It certainly seems like they're going in that direction. But again, Judge wants to stay with the Yankees, and they have to just start to get the ball rolling with those negotiations. Otherwise, arbitration would be the next step. Well, uh, good thing, because, right, there's, there's an entire section that honors him. Um, so good thing that he wants to stay <laughs> with the Yankees. Uh, what, what's the latest with Brett Gardner? I, I'd read something else as well, that uh, there's a chance that Gardner might, uh, might come back and, and join the roster again this season. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's possible his his locker is still open here at George M. Steinbrenner Field in Tampa, Yankees camp. Uh, number 11 is still available. Uh, the, the latest is Brian Cashman spoke to uh, to us on the field uh, yesterday and was asked if he's been in touch with Gardner's agent. And he said, yes, he's been texting with him. But right now he's focused on uh, the guys that he has on this roster right now. So, yeah, you, you, could, you could make a case for adding him. He's the only other – player that was on that championship team in 2009 could bring some experience and leadership to the clubhouse but there are other younger cheaper options that they already have in-house you can go one way or another there again the the clock is starting to run out with the with where they are on the calendar in terms of bringing him in before the season starts but he also is notorious for signing deals late in spring training so uh, definitely an above zero chance but uh, based on what Cashman said uh, they're they're not you know focusing on that as a priority at this point. Max Goodman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over SI. Max, just out of curiosity in covering this team, there were some hefty expectations heading into Hot Stove um, and, uh, and and this preseason, signing some big-name players to come on board. And, you know, I just, no pun intended, I just I feel like the Yankees swung and missed. So with that being said, you know, what, what are your thoughts in regard to this team and how competitive you think they're going to be able to be, especially in this division? Sure. I think that was the the main conversation this offseason. Were they going to trade for Matt Olson? Were they going to sign a, a Carlos Correa? I do think that this team got better this offseason. The trade that they made with the Twins to acquire Isaiah Conner-Palefo, the shortstop, and Josh Donaldson at third base, as well as Ben Rortbet, the catcher, they got better defensively this offseason. And based on the people that I've talked to, whether it's players and coaches, they seem very confident in the pitching staff that they have, which it's a staff that really hasn't changed too much from last year, other than having Luis Severino come back for his first full season since Tommy John surgery. So, you know, there, there are question marks up and down this roster, but I think the, the big thing that needs to be discussed is just how talented the division that they're in is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays could be a, a, a World Series contender this year. Tampa Bay, they're always winning this division or at least contending for it, and the Boston Red Sox are solid too. So this is a team that, if they don't fulfill their potential with the star power that they do have, it very well they could finish in fourth place. But they also do believe that they can win this division and, and contend for a championship. That's the goal every year. So, you know, again, I'll go back to what Brian Cashman was saying to us yesterday. He's always looking to improve this roster, so there's a chance that more moves could be made uh, in the next few weeks and then obviously leading up to the trade deadline later this summer. But 
it seems like they believe in that building that they have what it takes to contend with this roster. They didn't make the huge splash that I think a lot of fans were, were hoping for this offseason, but, but they believe they've got the, the guys to get it done. Um, and, and that leads into my next question because you talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Now we know exciting news uh, for not just uh, the Yankees, but the Nets as well. The, the Vax mandate lifted. So, um, you know, players who aren't vaccinated can play here in New York, but still not in Canada. And you talk about the Toronto Blue Jays and them being, you know, possibly winning the division. You, of course, whenever the Yankees go up against them there in Canada, they're, they're going to want their best men on the on the diamond. How is that going to affect this team? And how is that going to affect this 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 league? And, and, and more importantly, this this, this division. Right. Uh, it's a it's a very clear home field advantage for them. Uh, I think after what Toronto dealt with last year in terms of having to play in Dunedin down here to start the season and then going to Buffalo and finally making it up to, to the Rogers Center over the, uh, across the border at the end of the season. I mean, there are key players on really talented teams that won't be able to play if the, the rule stands as mm-hmm. it is right now. Obviously, I guess that's subject to change as the season progresses. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the Yankees, they're not 100% vaccinated. We're not, you know, 100% sure who it is, but it, it does definitely have an impact uh, with certain guys on this team that won't be able to play. So it's going to be testing their depth and seeing who's going to be able to step up. Uh, the season starts with 28 players on their roster, so they'll have a few extra arms. Uh, but I don't think off the top of my head that they'll have the 28-man roster when they go up to Toronto for the first time because I think that's in May when it goes back to the 26-man roster. So, again, it's who's going to be available, who's going to be the next man up if certain guys aren't allowed to, to be out there. And, you know, those are going to be key games in this division, as I said. you got to beat the teams that are also contending to, to win this stacked AL East and, and, and go to the postseason. Uh, let, let's talk about what's going on in spring training, right? Uh, Yankees are two and six. I, I know they've got uh, a game against the Pirates today at 105 uh, down in Florida. Uh, wh- what are some of the prospects? What has stood out to you in regard to spring training? Sure. Well, the the story today is Garrett Cole is making his first uh, appearance of the spring. He's been throwing on, you know, backfields and and doing his bullpens and such. But we'll get to see him on the mound against another team for the first time this spring. He's supposed to throw around 50 pitches so we'll see if that's you know three four innings uh depends on how efficient he is uh, the first thing that comes to mind in terms of one big storyline is and Aaron Boone has the Aaron Boone the manager has used a couple analogies about this this spring that they have nine players for eight spots when you look at their position players after that transaction that I mentioned earlier that they made with with the twins they have too many infielders for those four spots. You know, DJ LeMahieu, who they, they signed and he was an MVP candidate his first few years, his versatility is, you know, really valuable for this team. But right now, with Glaber Torres starting at second, with Kinder Falefa starting at short, and Donaldson starting at third, and Rizzo at first. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. There isn't necessarily a spot for LeMahieu, who arguably, when healthy, is their best all-around player. Best offensive guy. He finished third and fourth in MVP voting his first two years with the team. So, It'll be a challenge for Boone and this coaching staff to figure out who's going to be in the lineup every day and making sure everyone is staying healthy and in rhythm in terms of playing every day and getting there at bat. Uh, it helps that Giancarlo Stanton will be able to play the outfield this year, uh, and he's been out there a few times this spring. So that will you know, give Aaron Judge a day. He doesn't have to be in right every day. Joey Gallo, will he be able to bounce back after last season? And can Aaron Hicks stay healthy in center? Uh, I've gone through every position at this point, obviously, who uh, – Who's going to step up at catcher with Gary Sanchez now not here? Looks like Kyle Higashioka will be the guy um, starting, you know, pretty much every day, depending on how healthy Ben Rortved is, who they, they got from the Twins, but he has an oblique injury right now. So, uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier, a lot of question marks, but they do have the talent. It's just can they live up to those expectations and, and get it done once the games start to count? Uh, Max, last question for you. Uh, let's 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 look forward to opening day. You know, what is this roster going to look like um, against the Red Sox on April seventh? Well, I think Garrett Cole will be out there starting, uh, barring any injuries. He'll he'll be out there, and this you know I, I talked about the position players. So this bullpen is is very similar to what it was last year. Uh, Araldis Chapman is is going to be back there closing games as much as he's. Uh, adjusting into a, a little bit of a different role this year. He might be pitching the eighth inning at certain points this season. With the fact that the roster is at 28, you're going to see a couple additional pitchers. I think they're going to go into the season with 15 arms and 13 position players rather than 13 and 13, which it usually is with the 26-man rotation. So that's another, you know, to go back to your previous question too, that's another thing to keep an eye on as spring training starts to wrap up. Who will earn those final two spots? Uh, and, and obviously it's an impact of who's on the 40-man roster. Will they give a, a chance to someone who's a non-roster invitee like they did with Lucas Litke last year, and that ended up working out? Could Marwin Gonzalez, who's an infielder, going back to the position player side, who was on the 2017 te- team with the Astros, the sign ceiling scandal team, will he be able to make the roster and be one of their guys uh, off the bench on opening day? But, yeah, when, when they face the Red Sox on, on the 7th, it'll be Garrett Cole facing a, a – a key division rival and judge will be in right. And we'll see what happens at the beginning of a, you know, some, some normalcy here as, as we distance ourselves from the pandemic. Just to give you some, uh, some odds as we, uh, we wrap up uh, the blue Jays favored to win the, uh, the AL East at plus 185, the Yankees at plus 195, the Rays three to one, the Red Sox plus 550. I'm not even going to tell you the, the Baltimore Orioles. That's an embarrassment. Uh, any, any, <laughs> any, and I feel bad. You know, I, I lived in Baltimore for four years. Um, I, I hosted afternoon drive there, and my show was televised on the Mid Atlantic Sports Network. So I know that organization, and I know that that ownership family extremely well. Um, it's just very, very sad state of affairs. But nonetheless, um, any 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 value here in in regard to you know the Rays at three to one, the Red Sox at plus five fifty. You know, again, you know, we're talking about the Blue Jays more than likely winning this division, and, and they're favored at plus one eighty-five. Definitely, I, I I would 
as of right now, I, I might honestly pick them as my prediction for who's going to come out of the American League and, and go to the World Series. That's how good they are. And we've seen them a couple of times this spring, so we've gotten a taste of that. But I think that, you know, in terms of odds of making the playoffs and such, there's a good chance that all four of those teams that you mentioned could make the playoffs with the way that um, the postseason is expanding this year, coming out of the lockout with the new rules and, and regulations and such. There could be three wildcard teams coming out of the American Ooh. League East. I think that's how that could work. Um, so even if they're not winning the division, the Yankees could, you know, go on a run that way. Of course, that's what it was this past year with the Yankees losing at Fenway against the Red Sox in the wild card game. But there's, there's a chance that all four of those guys can get in. And then who knows, you know, a, a team goes on a run and who has the deepest pitching staff and stays healthy in October and, and anything can happen. But, you know, and also with, with the Orioles, I, I think the future could be bright with them. They, they have some very talented prospects, but they're definitely a few years away. <laughs> That's what I hear each and every year. Over under 91 and a half wins for the Yankees. Sure. I, what did they win last year? 93. I think if, if all goes well, you could, you could see him exceed that number and, and maybe they'll make some more moves to, to strengthen and improve this roster even more. But I think with the fact that this division is so good and they play each other, whatever it is, 19 times a year, uh, they're going to beat up on each other a little bit by default. So uh, we'll see. They might end up those four teams in a, a, a similar, you know, win range uh, when we're, we're talking in September um, towards the end of the regular season. Uh, great stuff, Max. Uh, I know this is your first time on at least my program. Uh, really a pleasure having you on this Sunday morning. Uh, I, I think your information is, is, is really spot on and excellent. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Click, Click, boom. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for Click or Don't Click. A fun way we uh, tour around our wide, wide world of sport and find out what is trending at 11.16 a.m. on this Sunday morning. By the way, Mike hit me up on Twitter. He said Mario Lemieux owned the Penguins and played for them as well. He said he's enjoying the show. Well, I appreciate that, Mike, and thank you. Had no clue, so I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure that there are others out there besides Michael Jordan, uh, but very few and far between. So with that being said, as always, our producers, Ty and Will, will lead the way. Guys, what is trending? Let's say I, I know you're going to uh, not be in favor of this, but got to talk Uh-oh. some football. Got to talk some football, some NFL. Field uh, <laughs> Yates just put out uh, what I thought was an interesting tweet before we get to the actual uh, story part of this. But it says, between Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, those trades this month, seven total first-round picks were traded in the NFL. That is the most first-round picks traded in a single month in the common draft era. And it was a crazy march. You got Deshaun going to Cleveland, Russell Wilson going to Denver. Uh, Devontae Adams, he goes to the Raiders. Tyreek Hill was almost a Jet, or at least we thought until we heard this uh, from this past week when he was asked about coming close to, to being a New York Jet. Tyreek, how, clo- how close were you to, to picking the Jets? Yeah, how close was I? Who? The Jets? <laughs> uh, nah, man, look, man, it's, it's a lot. Of, I, I don't even want to get into all that. I knew I was going to pick Miami no matter what, man. So uh, as a Jet fan, Anita, I, I got to be honest, when, when Schefter first broke the story that it was down to Miami and New York, 
as far as uh, vying for his services. I got so excited because I'm thinking, when's the last time the Jets had this dynamic of a player? Like, he'd be the best wide receiver they've had since when? And to add that to, to the mix, as you look to help Zach Wilson in, in year two um, become the quarterback that that he ultimately could, could reach uh, with his ceiling as the number two overall pick, but it, it sounds like they never had a shot. Um, so I was disappointed at that. But I came across the Action Network put out some early NFL win totals uh, for both the Jets and the Giants. So since we started with the Jets, would, do you care to guess – uh, the number they have the Jets at as far as uh, over-under for wins next year. Six and a half. Five. Okay. I'll take the over. Uh, and so I thought the same thing. I felt like it was very disrespectful because the Jets so far have improved in the offseason. They've got two um, high-end top 10 picks. So I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, it feels a little disrespectful. But then you look at their – obviously the, the actual schedule hasn't come out. We just know their opponents for next year. Uh, but but it's tough, and it is. So check this out. There'll be the road games: Cleveland, Green Bay, Miami, Minnesota, New England, Pittsburgh, Denver, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the, and and chances are they go zero and six in their division. I mean, the home I, game. Like, the home let, games. Are, be, just real quick. The home games are uh, Bills, Dolphins, Pats, mm. Ravens, Bengals, Bears, Lions. Jags, yeah, and, and to your point, there is a good shot they go zero and six in their division. They haven't won a division game since what twenty nineteen, I believe. You know the the, the Bills are just they're 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 a monster. Um, the Miami Dolphins have gotten so much better, especially they still offensively. Have a net negative at quarterback, I would say. Yeah, listen, I'm not I'm not a Tua fan. I've been I'm, since day one. Me and Mama Mimi, man, should have drafted Herbert. Told him to do it from the get go. They didn't listen, but that's why I make the small bucks. Um, Big. But 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 again, you know, there's a chance. Again, I'm just saying, like, if you were to ask me, Anita, what what are the chances that Tom Brady goes to the Miami Dolphins? I, I'm I'd say five percent, right? Like, I, like I'm all I'm saying is there is a percentage, there is a chance that at some point in time, Tom Brady goes to the Miami Dolphins this season. Just marinating that for a minute. The Patriots are only going to get better. Mac Jones, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, you know, a seasoned. Uh, off season to 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 really digest that playbook and be able to execute it better than we saw him do it last year. Um, so there's a chance that the Jets do go zero and six in the division, and and you just rattle off the schedule outside of their divisional opponents. That's a tough schedule, man. Tough. So let me, let, what what is what are the odds? Do they show? Do they? What Not are the it. odds for the over? Is it that plus money? No. So I, I I can't see odds. I just see what the win totals are. Mm. Um, we want to guess okay. what, what where the Giants stand. Um, this is going to shock you, I think. Seven and a half? Eight. Wow, you were close. I, mm. I, 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 how, how do you look at the Giants as an eight-win team? Um, I, think, I think they're banking on the fact that they've improved their offensive line. You know, prior to free agency starting, they only had one starter on the offensive line. Now they have three starters on the offensive line. So now they have two spots to fill in the draft, which I believe that they'll be able to do in the first round and then possibly in the second or the third. So offensive line now has been improved. I think they're banking on Saquon Barkley being healthy. They bring in uh, Brita to have that one-two punch in the backfield, but Brita hasn't been able to stay healthy either. So You know what's so that's, interesting? That's you, a big risk you, in the backfield. You, you still haven't mentioned... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The most important position on the field. And I think it's an indictment of, uh, of, uh, of him. You haven't mentioned Daniel Jones. Well, well, here's the thing. Again, jury's still out for me in regard to Daniel Jones. Like, you know, I'm really intrigued to see what Dable is going to do with Daniel Jones, considering Daniel Jones is uber-athletic. Daniel Jones is just as athletic as Josh Allen. Is he as big as Josh Allen? No. Does he have as strong of arm as Josh Allen? No. Is he more accurate than Josh Allen? Yes. So there are some intangibles there with Daniel Jones that he does have a leg up on on, uh, Josh Allen. So I'm really intrigued with with an improved offensive line, Dable not being one of those, you know, coaches slash coordinators who come in and say, this is my system and I'm going to put you here. No, everything, the reports that we're hearing out of the Giants is that they are they are constructing an offense. They are building an offense around Daniel Jones, which I like. They've got a lot of draft capital. We'll see what they're going to do in the draft. This is a very deep draft when it comes to offensive linemen, defensive linemen, wide receivers, tight ends. Okay, I do like they breathe. I do, I, you know, I do like R- Ricky Seals Jones. So, um, so, but I just, I just, here's the thing: that win total to me is banking on this team staying healthy, which they have not been able to do the last few years. Yeah, and I, and it comes down to this, uh, Daniel Jones. If we're in year four and we're still having questions as to whether or not he can be the guy, it means we do actually have the answer. We're just afraid to admit it. Uh, because it would mean that the Giants wasted a, a number number six overall pick on a guy who is injury prone, can't stay healthy, and next year they're going to be in, in the market for a quarterback. You look at their schedule, so their road games are uh, the I got to get used to this: the Commanders, Cowboys, Packers, Jags, Vikings, Eagles, Titans, Seahawks. Home games: Commanders, Cowboys, Eagles, Bears, Lions, Texans, Colts. Uh, Ravens, Panthers, um, and and obviously this is all premature. We haven't even gotten to the draft yet, so st- still a lot of pieces uh, that are that are going to help build both the foundation for both the Jets and Giants. But I just thought it was interesting to to look at these early indications that the Action Network put out for over unders. Interesting. Uh, do you have other uh, over unders in front of you, or uh, no? You got any teams you you you're interested? Yeah, in? so yes, the, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. What are, where are they with the Denver Broncos? Uh, the Denver Broncos currently are at ten. Hmm. Interesting. In a very competitive division. I don't know if I would go there. Um, you want to guess the teams that they have with the most wins? The two teams. It's, it's two teams tied for eleven and a half. 
The Bucks. The Bucks are one. And the Packers. The Bills are tied with the Bucks at eleven and a half. The Chiefs and Packers are tied uh, for second at uh, at eleven, or I guess third at eleven. Interesting, because the NFC is definitely there for the taking more so. The AFC is just so competitive. The AFC what, is loaded. What is their what is their over under for Cleveland now that Deshaun Watson is there? The and, and we don't and we don't know we don't know if there's going to be any suspensions four to six games. So they they actually don't have it listed just because of that reason. Right, like, right, right. That that's the. Uh, the variable there we don't know he, he's definitely not starting the season as the quarterback we we just don't know how many games he's going to get suspended uh but they have the cowboys at 10 and a half which is interesting i take the under there tied with the rams who are also at 10 and a half mm. defending uh afc champion Bengals at 10 uh, where, where are the colts indianapolis nine and a half i take the over there Nine a lot of people, a, a lot of people, a lot of people sleeping on on, on Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Here's what's interesting: uh, one of the biggest trades made this all season uh, was by the Vegas Raiders. They're at eight and a half. Mm. I just that AFC West to me is going to be the the most competitive division in all of sport, and and I think you I think you can argue I think you can argue the AFC North for sure, and 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 I totally respect that. But with with Russell Wilson going to Denver, and then playing at Mile High, which gives him an, an advantage. Kansas City, obviously, you know what you get there. Uh, the Raiders now with Devontae Adams uh, reuniting with his uh, brother from another mother in Derek Carr and the Chargers and what they've been able to do. And they missed the playoffs last year. But, man, what? let me tell you something. What the Chargers have done in free agency on defense mm-hmm. is unbelievable. They are – the Chargers are, are – are, the Chargers know they need to win now while Herbert is on his rookie deal. Yep. And the Chargers, they took all their – they took all their poker chips and they are all in. They could have a pair of twos. It doesn't matter. They are all in. That's what you got to do. You got to follow the, uh, the Rams. That blueprint last year could start a, a trend. Everyone wants to do this whole build through the draft, build through the draft. You have a, a, a young court, and now the Rams, it's different because they traded for Stafford. But my point is you get a young quarterback on a rookie deal, you go all in because once it's time to pay him, you're going to start to lose pieces. We're seeing that all over the NFL. Kansas City, uh, you know, it's, it's, happened, uh, it's happened in a lot of places. It's uh, it's it's gonna be wild. All right. Well, this happened is what's... in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Look what happened when he got the big contract, and now, <laughs> look, like he he just got traded. That that team is is gonna be in a lottery this year. They're this rebuilding. Is, this is what's trending. Great job. Uh, great conversation, Ty. Um, uh, really, really good. Appreciate that. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.